With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome into the second hour of Lombardi Line. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Stormy today. Michael Lombardi is here, though. Of course, namesake of the program. And we've got a lot to discuss. We're going to find out what's on Michael's mind. But before we get to that, let's set up exactly uh, what has gone on in the world of the National Football League yesterday. Some interesting comments coming out of, again, our nation's capital as uh, Ron Rivera had media availability. And uh, something interesting came out of said media availability that maybe some Commanders players were concerned about the coaching style of one Eric Bieniemy and his intensity. I'll let Ron Rivera take it from here. We don't want to misquote anybody. So here was Ron after practice yesterday. Players had to kind of adapt to that and have any, I guess, sort of struggled with that at times. Yeah, I mean, they have. And and and, and one of the biggest things is, is, is you know, and I've, I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you, you know, and, and I think, you know, I think as they go and they talk and they listen to them, it's, it's been it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Um, you know, you, you, again, you get a different kind of player from from the players back in the past, um, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain certain things. Um, and a lot of you also got to take for where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys come from other programs aren't as much. So, you, you know, us as a coach, you know, I, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. You know, Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. Jack has his approach. You know, um, having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff, where Eric Eric hasn't had that 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 uh, that experience yet. Just that when they came to you, it was just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard? or Well, um, they just were a little concerned. <laughs> Go oh, ahead, Michael. I, 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 mean, I, I mean, you're paying $8 million a year for that? Seriously. He's the guardian of winning in the program. 
I, I didn't realize Jack Del Rio was in charge of his program and Bienemy's in charge of his program. Uh, go talk to the coach if you don't like it. Well, what do you do if I got to go talk to Bienemy? Like, you're the guardian of winning. You're the head coach. You know, you shocked now that he's only had three winning seasons because everything gets pushed around. No accountability. Like, you're in charge of the program. You stand in front of Biennemi when people are taking shots at him, okay? I don't know if Biennemi's a good offensive coordinator. The media thinks he should be a head coach. He's had eight interviews. He hasn't gotten a job. I don't know what's happened in the interviews, but that's a lot of interviews. But I'm going to defend him here. Like, at some point, as the leader of the organization, the guardian of winning, you're the only one. JVT, there's only one person in the organization that is written into their contract where winning matters. One. Just one. The head coach. And you're just going to let Jack Del Rio do what he wants? You're going to let the enemy? So where's your program? Like, what did I hire you for? What am I paying you $8 million for? Right? You come in there, and here's what we're going to do. Here's what I want to do. Here's how I want to coach. You coach the coaches. Oh, well, you know, the players come to me. Go talk to Eric. No, it's your program. Do something. And then airing your dirty laundry in the media? Are you kidding me? I mean, people say, well, it's get a way to get the message to the players. No, 8 o'clock every morning, you got a chance to talk to the players. You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. You tell them what you want. You tell them the standard of performance for the Washington football team with Ron Rivera as the head coach. It's not Eric Bieniemy's team. It's not Jack Del Rio's team. It's your team. What's the standard of performance? Clearly, they don't have one. They don't have one. Bieniemy's trying to give them a standard of performance, and it's a little too hard. It's a little too rough. He's a little hard on us. Okay. Okay. Maybe you're not used to it. But the head coach has got to be the one demanding it. Like, you wonder why they can't win close games? Mm -hmm. You wonder why when they're in a tough situation they fold like a cheap tent? You don't have to wonder too hard. What, now, he walks it back today, and I, we might have that clip. But who cares? The damage is done. Yeah, we actually we do. Let, let's hear from Rivera one more time in, in doing just that, uh, kind of trying to put out a fire that, that he started. I'm going to open up with this pretty much. You know, I realized my comments yesterday took on a different life than I intended yesterday. And that's on me for not being as clear as I needed to be. I'll own that. At the end of the day, we know that we're trying to build here. And we're all on. As I've said many times since I've hired Eric, I love the overall message that he gave to the team his first day. And that was basically, we got to learn to be comfortable when we're uncomfortable. And I think what's happened is for those guys on that side of the ball, things are uncomfortable. Well, like you said, Michael, like in this day and age, this happens all the time. But in this sense, this is his own fault. Like you, you've already let this out. Uh, the enemy's already had to speak on it. Like this is something that you can't exactly, you know, use the cliche. You're not putting this toothpaste back in the tube at this point if you're Rivera. No, but I mean, like, why don't, why isn't this organized? Hey, here's my program. Here's what I want. Eric, I hired you to be the offense coordinator. Here's what I want from you. Here's what you need to be able to do. I'm going to support you. Here's what I'm looking for. After practice, we're going to watch tape. Here's what I want. You're not getting enough effort out of this guy. Okay, I'll help here. You help there. What, what, whatever happened to that? Like, that's what good head coaches do. They just don't sit there and observe and throw it out there. You know, I mean, that, that, this is very reminiscent of Hugh Jackson. Oh, well, it's somebody else's problem. I got to deal with it. And then he throws the guy under the bus like, oh, he's being too rough. Well, I would, didn't mean what I said. You said it. You have a day every day. You know you're going to go talk to the media. And if the players are unhappy, they shouldn't have to go to the enemy. They go to the head coach. 
Like, okay, you're not happy with how he's coaching? I'll handle it. I've observed the same thing. I mean, I don't get it. Like, it's a billion-dollar industry, and this is how we lead? Like, this is how we lead in a billion-dollar industry? Like, that makes no sense at all. And, and doesn't, I would ask, too, doesn't the enemy get to say at some point, you know, whether or not, you know, you, and not you specifically, but, like, the general out there, you, whether the general population believes the, the percentage of um, work that Eric Bannemi had in terms of running that offense for Kansas City last year and working with Patrick Mahomes. He's still been the offensive coordinator for an offense and a, and a, uh, a franchise that has been much better off than what Washington has been over the last few seasons. This is a team that was 26th in EPA last year offensively. They were 20th in total yards. Like, at some point, too, why don't you just listen to the guy who had a hand in helping out one of the better offenses we've seen in quite a while and stop complaining about it because you don't have any – you don't have a leg to stand on. Your unit stinks. Well, yeah, I agree. And, and let's face it, you don't have a standard of performance because yep. you watched it happen. You watched T- Taylor Haneke turn the ball over. You got a chance to beat the – you got a chance to beat the Giants. You got the ball twice in the red zone. You can't make a play down there, right? You turn the ball over. Like, you watched it. Like, what is your answer to solving the problem? That's what they pay Ron Rivera for. They pay you to solve the problem. They don't pay you to talk to the problem to beat writers. They pay you to solve the problem. And you're going to get some hard problems. So, okay, hey, Eric, I would change my approach. Or I would do this. Or be on the same page. It's comical. Look, Biennemi may not be a very good coach. I don't know. We're going to find out. Right, but he's not getting support from the guy that has to be the leader of the team. That's a hard thing to do. So let's spin this forward. Uh, Washington's win total is six and a half. We have new ownership, obviously, out there in Washington. You have a quarterback depth chart that looks like an absolute mess when you're talking about Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, and Jake Fromm. This does seem like it is a year uh, that is probably going to be the last for Ron Rivera. So the two-part question is, would you agree with that? And what is this Washington team from a win total standpoint as we head into 2023? Well, if I was the owner of the team, if I was Josh Harrison, I just witnessed that from the guy that I'm paying the most money to the company to, I would be really mad. I would be really angry. Like, I would be very upset. Like, where is where is the continuity? Where is the communication? Where What am I paying you to do? That would be one. Look, last year they had every opportunity. They're 8-8-1. Eight, eight they could have beat. They lost a lot of close games. For whatever you think of Sam Howell, he can't play any worse than Carson Wentz did. Right? right? He cannot play any worse than Carson Wentz did. And so they got to get better offensively. But they don't. they don't do what they have to do to control the game. They don't play in three sections. They don't turn the ball over on defense, which is one of their fallacies last year. Really good red area team, really good third down team. But they don't fix problems. This goes back to my column today. Watch the preseason, see the problems in Washington, and we'll know that Rivera's not going to pay any attention to them. They couldn't turn the ball over last summer. They didn't turn it over all in the season. So let's just make sure you get that. Like, he's got a reputation for being a great coach because he's a nice guy. And he's a wonderful man. I'm sure he is. Mm-hmm. But that's not leadership what he did. I threw out the command, or excuse me, I threw out the Titans as a candidate to have worse record in the National Football League. This might be a team worth considering, right? Like, if this could be a team that ends up with the, with the first overall pick next spring. But they're so good on defense. I mean, they were the best third down team. They were good on the red zone. They got a yep. good front. You know, they, they shouldn't be this bad. I mean, if wake up Bill Parcells at Saratoga. Let him coach this team. What do you think the win total is going to be there? Yeah. You think Parcells is going to is going to do this to be enemy? 
You think Parcells is going to sit there and listen to players complain about working too hard? There's a standard of performance. You're a, you're a pro player. you got a level you've got to get to. You're not even close to it. You're not even close. You might think you're good. You're so far from being good, it's a joke. And who's going to drive them if I don't? If the leader of the team doesn't drive them, who is? And I'll say this. I mean, people might think that, hey, top of the you know, leadership, whatever, how much does that really affect? We saw what happened with Hackett and the Broncos last year, right? I mean, if you're poor at the top, it's it can a joke sink down. That, it's a joke that people don't think leadership matters. Look at Mike Tomlin. Sure. He fixed the problems. His team's horrible. They get blown out by Philly, get blown out by Buffalo. Last tw- nine games of the year, they give up 16 points. If you throw out the Bengal game, it's 13. He fixes the problem. Every team has problems. Who fixes them? The head coach. He don't complain about, oh, I want to talk to you guys. You know, this be enemy guy's too hard on the players. What am I going to do? Like, give me a break. Well, then, What are we paying you for? My favorite part is when, when guys step in and they go, oh, well, it took a life on its own. Like, no, you said the comments. It was you, uh, by the way. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> right. Commanders are 16 to 1 if you want to get into that market to have the fewest wins in the regular season. Uh, we'll take our break coming up at the very bottom of the hour. That's going to be 1045 a.m. Pacific time. Our friend Harry Gagnon will join the program. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for. Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Tons of different tools you can use up on the website. And one of the things that we have as well, our picks page. You can easily sort through all of the picks made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. You can also check out the uh, top VEASAN expert leaderboard, all part of being a VEASAN pro subscriber. Check it out today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And as I always stress, one of the many tools that we have in that little drop-down betting tools menu. A lot of great stuff to use on a day-to-day basis when it comes to attacking these sports betting markets. I'm Jonathan Von Topol filling in for Stormy. Michael Lombardi is here. Uh, a very, very great and impassioned rant on uh, what one Ron Rivera put his team through uh, yesterday. I mean, hey, but he walked it back. We're good. Everything's all right. Uh, everything's fine. And uh, in no yeah, way, shape, fine. or form, it's we'll just carry good. forward, right? <laughs> I mean, I would ask this question. I just finished the book. Uh, I mean, Football Dumb Right will be out September 5th. And I graded the top 10 coaches. I mean, do you think Paul Brown would have said that? I mean, seriously. Like, at some point, it's you have to be the leader. Like, we don't spend enough time talking about leadership. And yet, when we see coaches that lead and fix their team, I mean, we're going to go through preseason, right? And every team, I don't care who you are, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. How you handle the problems, how you anticipate the problems, and how you react to the problems is going to be the measurement of who wins and who loses. That's the fact. So let's let's spin this into what we're going to see, right? You mentioned seeing problems. Well, some of these teams want to work out problems. The Browns and Deshaun Watson had some problems last year. And look, long layoff and then starting the year late, playing in some of those weather games. Uh, you know, when you get your game started as a quarterback, you know, in late November, December, it's going to be kind of a rough landing. And that's exactly what it was. Well, we do get news today that Deshaun Watson will indeed start this week against Washington. Nice uh, little segue. Uh, for this preseason matchup. No details on what that's going to look like. We just know that it's going to start, or it's going to be a start. So, Michael, you know this. We could go out there. We could get three handoffs, and Deshaun Watson's gone. Uh, we could get maybe a couple of drives where they run some things. But what does this mean for Cleveland, and should Cleveland be a team to watch in this preseason? Well, I think we have to watch them, right? So we've got to, you know, we'll watch. We had one game already. We saw their defense play a nine technique. We saw their, you know, how they were going to play the run. It was very simplistic. We saw what they did uh, in terms of their scheme. So we kind of have an idea of that. Now you got to visualize what that's going to manifest itself when they put their better players on the field. But they've got to get some kind of continuity, right? The one thing we did notice last week was, you know, the quarterback was under center. There was a lot of boots as they went through it. We'll see that with Watson. Watson has to get a feel. I would suspect he'll play. He should play the first quarter. I would play him in the first quarter. I would play him a half in the next game. And I probably wouldn't play him in game three just because I want to make sure he's, you know, he's ready to go. But for me, he needs to play. He's got too much rust on him to not play. So I, I do think that. And then we, you've got to watch how they run the football. You know, last year, whatever you want to do, I mean, they ran the ball effectively in preseason, and the guy who carries the ball all the time didn't even carry it, right? Mm-hmm. Chubb didn't have a carry last preseason, but they ran the ball effectively. So let me ask you this. First off, general philosophy, when you see guys like this play, but also you as a coaching staff don't want to show your hand in terms of some of the intricacies so what are teams running then? Are these just basic concept plays that yeah. almost every team has in their playbook? What exactly are we watching? You're, you're running basic content. They're going to yeah. run the inside-outside zone. They're going to run bootlegs off of They're going to have play-action pass off of every single run that they have. And then when they get to third down, they're going to have their beaters. So, you know, who, wh- who are we playing? Okay, we're playing Washington. They play quarter coverage. Let's see what they do. Look, this whole notion that teams don't prepare for the preseason is really wrong, too, 
because they do. They have to. You want to get the players to play their best, so you want to introduce what their schemes are, kind of, hey, we'll see a little bit of this. We'll see a little bit. You're not preparing running plays. You're going to run your stuff, but you're educating the players on what they're going to see. We're going to see a lot of quarter coverage. They're playing press. Here's what we're going to get. You know, you're trying to help the team along. So what you want to be able to do is run your basic stuff and see if your execution is the ball on the ground, right? Is the ball – think about this. The Browns last year, you know, they they completed 66 passes. The Giants led the NFL with 105 completions. That's a big difference in three games. So I'm pretty high on Cleveland. You know, I've I've called called them the fly in the ointment. You know what I mean? Because if you get Deshaun Watson that was close to 2020 and the guy that was ascending from 2018 to 2020 – this is a, a very talented team at many different position groups. And yes, it's a very hard division, and the conference overall is very tough. But, but a quarterback like Deshaun Watson can really elevate a team, as you well know. So I'm going to be watching really closely here. But it, like, so it sounds like you're with me. Like, I, I, this team, in terms of odds to win the division, I, I think they're a little low. I think the, their odds to win this division are a little bit higher. If you're getting high upside to Deshaun Watson, I think they're a threat to go over their win total. I, I think that Cleveland is going to be a team that I would not be surprised, Michael, at the end of the regular season. We're talking about pushing for those 10-11 wins and being one of the higher power-rated teams if Watson comes along after a full offseason. Well, think about this, JVT. There's no excuses, right? Yep. I mean, think about this. They're going to get better on defense. Schwartz is a better defensive coordinator There's no co- than Joe Wood. You know, they couldn't stop the run last year. Averaged 4-7 a carry. They gave it up. They gave up 22 rushing touchdowns last year, right? They couldn't stop the run. They had blown coverage. I mean, they got a chance to win – how many games could they have won? They could have. They, they're up by 13 against the Jets with two minutes, and they let Joe Flacco beat them. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, they got a chance to beat Atlanta. They turn. You know, they go for it on fourth down. They got a chance to beat the Chargers. They they don't do that. Chance to beat the Ravens. Didn't win a close game. There's no excuses for this team. They've got really good receivers. They're good. I mean, Cooper averaged you know almost 15 yards a catch last year with nine touchdowns. They've got. They've got Elijah Moore to play in the slot. They're a good third-down team. Last year, it's amazing. They played 31 minutes and 31 seconds of offense, which is really good. They only played 28 and a half minutes of defense, and yet they were not good on defense. So they're going to improve in that area. You know, you got Garrett, you got Zaria Smith, you, their cornerback situation. There's no excuses. What they need is they don't even need Watson to play at the top four level. They need Watson to play at a good level. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've loaded up a Brown stuff. Small ticket on them to win the division. I've got Miles Garrett to win Defensive Player of the Year because uh, I think the, you know the addition of Smith is really going to help him out in terms of not being able to force or face as much attention because he's incredible. He also doesn't have one, which I think narratively is really going to help because I think a lot of voters, if he has a really good year, might skew in that direction. Let me throw a bet at you and see what you think about this. So the wide receiver room is not incredible, right, for the Cleveland Browns. I think it's probably depth-wise one of the weaker spots. Amari Cooper, season-long receiving prop, 950 and a half yards. Like he's the guy, right? He could be a thousand yard receiver. Yeah. Well, you got, you had, what did he have last year? He had, he had 1160 yeah, last year. Right. Donovan People Jones is sneaky good, right? He had 61 catches. He averaged almost 14 yards a catch. People think he can't run. You know, and Joku's another receiver on their team that makes plays. So uh, I think they got it. I mean, if Cooper, now Cooper don't like playing in cold weather, which always worries you. But let's face it. I mean, Watson's not going to be at 58% completions. He's going to be better than 6.5 yards per attempt. He's got to throw the ball down the field and make plays. I I, I definitely think that. The other thing I think for your betting and for all of our betting, I I think – 
when they took Cade York in the fourth round last year, they thought they were going to get that Evan McPherson push. And then when he wins the first game of the year against Carolina with the 53-yard field goal, everybody, okay, we, we got our kicker. Well, you know, he misses three kicks inside of 40. He misses three kicks inside of 50. And he only makes four out of seven outside of 50. He's got to play better, too. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we don't generally think of special teams, obviously, but it does make the difference. It's points. When, yep, of course. Well, and you're in a, if you're in a division, let's expand this out. If you're in a division like they are, right, I'm going to assume a lot of these games are going to fall within four points in terms of a point spread. Yeah. Then you're talking about some pretty tight games where, hey, you know, three points might make a difference. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's where I that's why I bring it up. I mean, like Moody for for we're going to talk about this in the final segment of the show. Like there's like with San Francisco wanted to make sure they got Moody from Michigan. There are a lot of teams that wanted him and, and you reduce your cost on kicker. Cade York was was not what they wanted. McPherson didn't play as well as he did the year before, but you get a hot kicker especially a cold-weather kicker with that schedule, you're going to be in a lot of tough games? I, I think so. But, look, I, I think this Browns team, it, if they don't win this year, if they don't compete for the North, mm-hmm. if they're not the story of the North, then I don't think Stefanski will be the head coach. I think it's really going to be mismanagement because they're good enough talent-wise on paper. Now, are they soft? Maybe. Are they not tough enough? Maybe. We'll see. Last uh, 60 seconds here, Michael. Uh, really quickly, this headline comes down as well. Um, speaking of the Cleveland Browns, their former first overall pick, Baker Mayfield, in a quarterback battle, he is going to start the preseason opener. Kyle Trask will start next week. So at the very least, this Bucks quarterback battle is going to bleed into week two of the preseason. It's going to bleed into week three. I don't think it's going to be determined. I, yeah. I, I really believe Trask will win the job because I think Mayfield is just can't see. He's too small. People have figured him out. And if he doesn't play well in the preseason, think about this, JV. If Baker Mayfield doesn't play well in the preseason, you know, really, what what the hell's going on? And, and when you think about it, really, when you think about it, last year with Carolina, you know, they gave him the job. Do you realize he threw for less than sixty percent in the preseason last year? Oh, I, I realize. Uh, Average six one <laughs> per attempt. Yeah. See, this is why preseason numbers matter. He averaged six one per attempt. I was very I was I was high as you can be on a Carolina team going into the next the last year. Me too, you know I was. I mean? And uh, he disappointed them. Very he killed them. All right, actually, I'm going to build this on the other side. I'm going to ask you that I think starting Kyle Trask week one of the regular season is a win-win. I will discuss that with you. I'll tell you why and see what you think as a former general manager. That's when we come back here on the Lombardi Line. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Power ratings, picks, previews, predictions, and pro as in become a VSEN pro subscriber. Get an access an all-access pass to our betting tools, betting splits, and the 2023 college football and NFL betting guides. Both the college football guide and our NFL betting guide. We'll have you ready to turn a profit on the gridiron this season. The only way to get the guides and everything we have to offer is become a VSIN Pro subscriber, and you can do that at vsin.com slash subscribe. Coming up in two minutes, we got Lombardi's list. We're going to get to the top things you want to watch in the preseason. I wanted to follow up on my tease really quickly and get your thoughts on this, yeah. Michael. I think that Kyle Trask, starting him week one, it is a win-win because if he actually turns out to be something, well, guess what? You might have a quarterback to build around, and if he stinks – well, you might be in a pretty good position to go get Caleb Williams or make Dre in the draft. What do you think? As a former GM, I feel like that mentality probably drives you crazy. 
Well, no, not really, because, I mean, look, if you if you really pay attention to Baker Mayfield and, you know, when the when the Panthers signed Mayfield, they thought that was going to be their saving grace for Matt Rule, you know, and they kind of went into the summer last year with with binders on. You know, they ignored that he wasn't playing well because he's just new. He was not here. You know, he had, you know, all those things. Right. So. But in reality, what he showed in that brief stint during the preseason is who he was. 6.1 yards per attempt, 59% completion. He didn't throw the ball up the field. He couldn't see it. He was what he was, and nobody paid attention to it. So if you're if you're Tampa, like, what do you think has happened to Baker Mayfield to make him any better than he was last year? Sure. Like, it wasn't an injury last year. He was bad. If If he plays better – I mean, and JVT, you watched all the games like I have. I mean, I'm not talking about playing better, making an incredible. I'm talking about just throwing outs for completions, sure. right? Yep. Like, I'm just talking about playing like a pro quarterback, right? I mean, I don't think they have it all. I think it's got to be Kyle Trask because Baker Mayfield, you're going nowhere. So that's going to be something that I'm going to be paying attention to. Speaking of paying attention really quickly, our betting tip here for the Lombardi line today, uh, pay attention to which head coaches say that they want to win in the preseason. Uh, some do care about that scoreboard, Michael. They want to instill a winning mentality. We know that John Harbaugh is amongst them. Robert Sala is a head coach that is getting that reputation. Mike Zimmer was one of the better preseason coaches as well. Pete Carroll at a time. So pay attention to some of these head coaches that actually might want to win and instill some sort of culture in the preseason. Yeah, and be careful too, because the book, the book, like you're not getting one over on the book here either. Like right. the book knows coaches, they adjust that line too, right? Like they have a sense that Sean Payton wants to win five and a half. I, I think Sean Payton wants to play well. I'm not sure he wants to win. I think John Harbaugh wants to win, but I think what you'll see is their execution, their fundamentals. Those are what's really important, and teams that stress that play well in the summer, which ties in nicely too, right? Your list. So let's talk about this. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys count this down. So start at number five because it has to do with John Harbaugh and his Ravens. Right. I mean, look, I want to watch it. I'm of the believer, JVT, that Lamar Jackson belongs under center. I'm of the believer that Lamar Jackson, the bootlegs, the nakeds are going to be really hard plays for the defense. When he's in shotgun, you know, you got to defend his shotgun runs, but it also limits what he's going to be deceptive with. So, I'm really excited to see the Ravens' offense. I really am. And even if Lamar's not in it, I'm anxious to watch the offense. I'm anxious to watch the offensive line. Can they protect in a non-run game scheme where they're always running the football? So I'm really anxious to see that. The second one I'm really anxious to see is Jake Moody at the 49ers. I think this kid's an incredible kicker. I was at Michigan yesterday, and I was asking them about Moody. And and he played well for Michigan down the stretch, made a lot of clutch kitches, kicks. And, you know, the, the, the analytical people were always giving Harbaugh a hard time because he would, you know, not go for it. He would kick it. Well, when you when you guarantee to get three points, you kick it. So I, I think the 49ers, because of who they are, because with that defense, three points matter. And, you know, take it over for Robbie Gould. They had a good kick. Like, this is an important move here. He's got to be good. So I'm anxious to see him. Yeah, I, my I would, third thing is go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. I would hear. What do you think? Well, I, I mean, I would agree with with both of these points, and I, I think when you talk about Moody and the 49ers, I think it's an interesting dynamic, only because of what you brought up with Harbaugh, right? You know, Shanahan and the 49ers at times 
Uh, they have been a team. They have been a team, and Shanahan has been a guy that the nerds and I, I throw myself at that camp. They've been critical of him in terms of some decision making and, and kicking and, and being a little bit less than enthusiastic to go for it. But he's also been an aggressive guy as well. So the fact that kicker is going to be a position to watch here as you move forward into the offseason, I just think it's an interesting dynamic when it comes to that, right? Viewing it through the lens of analytics, but also realizing that kickers do have their value still and that it matters when you have a dude who's up for a job like this. Yeah, I, I think it does. And you got to assess your kicker, right? Like when we had Sebastian Janikowski at the Raiders, he was had a great leg, but he wasn't as reliable outside of 45 as mm -hmm. the media or the perception would lend you to think. I think sometimes with I would have rather have Rich Gannon go for it than try to kick the 53-yarder. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think sometimes you got to really assess that. My third thing I want to watch, and this is kind of along the same lines as the Ravens, the Bills offensive line. They got punched in the mouth in the last game we saw them. Now, look, I don't expect Josh Allen to play, but I want to see what their running game looks like this year. They're going to have to change it. They're going to be more of a two-back team. When you draft Kincaid, you're going to have two tight ends on the field, not two backs, two tight ends. So I want to see what that running game looks like. I want to see if they kind of have worked on some different schemes and different ideas for the run game. So I'm anxious to watch Buffalo. I'm not saying they're going to gain yards this summer. I'm not. I want to watch their execution, and I want to watch what their design is. This is more of a design issue for me. The Broncos offense, same thing, design issue. I want to watch what they're doing. I want to see who's playing well. I want to see the continuity. And I want to watch some of these young offensive linemen that they, you know, they put a lot of money in this offensive line. They're going to play a few plays there. So I want to see what they really are offensively and what Sean's doing for the whole team. And then thank for Ron Rivera. I, I can't wait to watch the commander's offense. Like, I want to see this, what it's going to look like. I know it's going to be day one West Coast install. I know Sam Howell played well last preseason, but I want to see what this looks like, forgetting who plays. Was Washington on the list before Ron Rivera's comment? Yeah. Okay. It was definitely – because, JVT, I'm a little different than you. I think Washington's a good team without a good quarterback. Yeah. Like, I think six and a half is a ridiculously low number for a team as good as they are on defense. And they drafted two players in the secondary that should help them create some turnovers especially Forbes, which is what he did at Mississippi State. So I've always been a commander's, like, I want to know. I want to see what they are. And I'm anxious to watch Enemy. I mean, you know, a guy gets eight interviews for NFL head coaching jobs, and, and he doesn't get the – I want to know what's going – I want to watch him on his own. I think it's important. You know, none of us, none of us, all the people that say he should be a head coach weren't in the interviews. Mm-hmm. This is his interview now. Now we can all watch the interview, and I'm excited for it. Now, I feel like he's been let down by his head coach because the head coach should have stood in front of him. But this is his time to lead, his time to call plays. I'm going to observe the hell out of it. And at the very least, some of the uh, former Chiefs players have already spoken out on social media and other spots coming in and behind the NFC for, for some support. I wanted to go to number three really quickly and get your thoughts on something. Uh, Buffalo Bills offensive line play, Bills in general, one of the things that I, I think that, you know, there were written pieces about this. I observed a lot of people did as well, was that near the end of the year last year, Josh Allen didn't see as many blitzes. A lot of people were just trying to contain him in the pocket. You're not rolling right. It's one of the strongest things he's done uh, as a player. Are teams changing the way that they're defending Josh Allen alongside with this whole offensive line play that you want to watch? I'm really interested when we sit, get to see more Allen closer to the regular season, how teams defend him. Because Patrick Mahomes went through this a couple of years ago, right? Where teams stopped blitzing him. Yeah. He adjusted is Josh Allen going to see the same thing this year? I think they're going to have to change what they are because he's their leading ball carrier, right? 
So, like, I, if if we stop him in the run game, when they're not a six-back team, I thought their offense was horrible. I don't care where they have, you know, uh, uh, the offensive coordinator. I don't care where they have Kenny, Kenny Dorsey, where they have him rated. Like, their offense wasn't good. And when Cincinnati went in there and did exactly what you said, they kept the ball in front of them, they made him have to make window throws, tight ones, and they beat up their offensive line. Like, look, you know, they haven't improved their receiving core. Last year, they really needed a slot receiver. They really did. So what they do this year, they drafted Dalton Kincaid so they could be more of a 12-back, a one-back, two-tight end team. I want to see what that looks like. Yeah. And I want to see what they've done to help Josh Allen become a better player. Because, uh, as we know, too, um, the I think – it's a big year for Buffalo, <coughs> only that this division, I, I think, has gotten a lot better. We know about the New York Jets. Michael, I'm a fan of the Patriots. I, you know, Gil the other day asked me, what's your NFL hot topic that nobody seems to be agreeing with you on? I think it's New England. I, I think look look much more like the I'm team. I'm with you on that. Right? I'm with you on that, too. I mean, you can't, they're really good on defense. Yes. And there's four games last year New England could have easily won if they just play well in the red area. One of them was against the Cincinnati Bengals, who went to the AFC Conference. I mean, they're not a bad team. Now, they, their offensive tackle situation's got to get better, and the quarterback has to protect the football. Yep. Absolutely. But I feel like, you know, with a real offensive coordinator, uh, you might get some better offensive play, You right, from your quarterback? Yep. That might help a little I, bit. I agree. I agree, and I think you're going to get a, a better team. I think the team's behind it more than they were with Patricia last year. There's no question about that. All right, let's uh, wrap it up on the other side. Let's talk with our buddy Harry Gagnon. He's going to be with us. Talk a little bit about the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. We just watched those in Chinese go in the other day and some Major League Baseball best bets as we wrap up the Lombardi line here on v This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points. You can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Vegas Strip and nationwide. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense reminds you to play responsibly. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. you got to be 21 to an existing customer offer. Promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. They expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem 1-800-GAMBLER is the number. Wrapping up the last 10 minutes here on the Lombardi line of Jonathan Vallentobel filling in for Stormy, Michael Lombardi. The namesake of the program is here, and we welcome in our friend Harry Gagnon, who is nice enough to give us some time to discuss a lot of different topics, including something that is going to be near and dear to Michael Lombardi's heart, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Harry, what's going on, buddy? What do you got in terms of uh, some thoughts on the Hall of Fame coming up with guys that are now eligible? Yeah, what's up, guys? Hey, listen, I really do like Antonio Gates, who actually played the hoops at Kent State to be the – uh, in the Hall of Fame next season, um, getting voted in. Most touchdowns ever by a tight end, five more than Tony Gonzalez. Played 16 seasons, played at least 13 years, 13 games in 14 of those seasons. Longevity is a big thing. He's 45 receptions short of 1,000, almost 12,000 yards, uh, 11 seasons with seven touchdowns or more. I really love Antonio Gates, considering he played with the Chargers all those years. I really like Gates. And I'm just curious to know, Michael, your, your thoughts here, too. There was a couple ex-Chiefs that are on that list right now, Eric Berry and Jamal Charles. Unfortunately, I just think injuries bit them too hard. Eric Berry was sensational safety in his time, but only had five seasons where he played 15 games or more. And Jamal Charles, I'll say this about Charles, he averaged 5.4 yards from 2000 to 2014. He had some crazy numbers. He had uh, almost 5,000 yards in those three years he had 70 receptions one year better stats actually than derrick henry in terms of yards and and receptions but after that 2014 season he played four more years in the nfl and unfortunately because of injuries he only played 24 more total games after that so i think jamal charles eric berry fall a little short because of injuries but i'm definitely giving the go-ahead to antonio gates well i mean i think julius peppers is a lock i think you could just Put that mm. down there and just say he's in. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, the sacks, guy, right? 159 and a half sacks. He had, you know, I mean, it was 175 tackle for losses. Uh, I mean, he's a slam dunk. Nine Pro Bowls, three All Pros. I mean, I think he's the easiest one on the board to do. Look, I think Gates, we competed against Gates for many, many years. I mean, Nick Saban told me, you know, about Nick Gate about him before. I think there's no question he does. I think the tight end position is is kind of a little iffy because I I don't think they you know, these these guys are receivers, not really blockers. You know, like a guy yeah. the guy was at Michigan yesterday and and you know, when you talk about some of the really good tight ends in the league, you know, it, it, it's hard to, you know, when you block the, Russ Francis block the end of the line and handle that, it becomes really a challenge. So, but I, I think, I do think Gates gets in, I guess, and this is, we have an Indianapolis cold expert. Oh boy. I, I, I think JVT, do you think Andrew Luck's a Hall of Famer? Uh, no, I don't. I, I, you have to have a longer career, right? I think his play, his right. level of play. 
was Hall of Fame worthy, but you didn't do it for he long. He had Hall of Fame seasons. Yes. Like yeah. Tony Baselli had Hall of Fame seasons. He didn't have a Hall of Fame career. He didn't play long enough. Right. I mean, if you keep it right. Sterling Sharp out, how are you putting these guys in? No, I would agree with that. By the way, a, a nice little bit of trivia, Michael. The uh, the last game I ever got to watch Andrew Luck in, I watched in your living room when they went to Kansas City and they got absolutely smoked. <laughs> it was uh, it's a very sad but bittersweet memory. No, I don't think you got to come back. Good. We'll watch another one. I, well, I wish it was another Andrew Luck game, but yes, I'll take you up on that. I might just show up out of nowhere out there in Ocean City. Uh, all right, Harry. Uh, let's Bring mo- Noah. <laughs> I don't know where that guy is. Uh, I don't know. Are we allowed to talk about that? There might be legal issues. All right. Let's talk a, a little bit about what's going on uh, in your mind when it comes to Major League Baseball. Uh, let's talk big picture before we get to some plays here, Harry, because uh, my angels, they're dead. Stick a fork in them. The worst losing streak of the worst possible time that you can have uh, losing right. out of the trade deadline. But you like two teams, and specifically one in the National League that everybody I talk to 100% of the time just won't quit these Padres. I know. You know, I'm taking – I'm on the Padres all season. We've discussed this a couple of times on past shows. Storm, I'm on Stormy's Padres still. They are four back of the Cubs and Reds uh, for the wild card. Um, you can get them at plus 210, I see now, to still make the playoffs. They have given up the least amount of runs out of the teams that are still fighting for a wild card in the National League. The lineup is stacked. It just blows me away, this team. I'm still waiting for this team to just unload. This lineup is stacked, but they haven't been able to win uh, more than three games in a row all season. Six times they've won three in a row. Can't put it together, but I still have faith in the Padres with the pitching staff. Uh, and I'm, so I'm going to take them at plus 210 still to make the playoffs. I think they have a run in them. And the American League at plus 215. I'm taking the Mariners. They're two games back at Toronto, three and a half back at Houston. Uh, they made the playoffs last year and gave Houston run for their money. They are 11 and two in the last 13. The M's are, and they have six games left with Houston. And on their schedule, still the Mariners. 15 total games left against Kansas City, the White Sox, and Oakland. So I'm going to take the Mariners, who are hot right now. Like I said, 11 and two in the last 13. All right, so we got time to to expand on this. I don't want to. I want to. I want to really let. I want to let you tell me. How you already have a seven-point game teaser, preseason teasers. You like the Bucks plus the eight over the Steelers, the Ravens plus one over the Eagles. Uh, I mean, have at it. And then the second question, when you're done answering this, is do you think the Springsteen set list will change now that he's back in America? I love it. I love it, Michael. Uh, listen, yeah, seven-point teaser for this weekend, everybody. I'm going to take Tampa Bay plus one up to plus eight against the Steelers. We know Trask. And Mayfield are fighting at, fighting it out for that top spot for the Bucks at quarterback. I'm going to take them plus more than seven here. I'm going to take the plus eight with Tampa Bay, and I'm taking the Ravens from minus six down to plus one over Philadelphia. Eagles just going to be going through the motions. Meanwhile, John Harbaugh and his Ravens, whatever it is, whatever it is, they have won an insane 23 straight games in the preseason. I think that continues. That's why the line is that high. But I'm going to take the Ravens plus one, and I'm taking Tampa Bay plus eight on a seven-point teaser for this weekend for everyone can have a little bit of action. And I think, you know what, Mike? I think the playlist does change here a bit. Uh, got a little lazy in the last few shows in Europe where he did play the same song, songs for like three or four shows in a row that closed out uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Europe trip in Milan. I think things change. I'm here in Chicago right now. I'm going to the show tonight at Wrigley. I'm going to the show on Friday. I think it's going to be fantastic. 
you know, on the field, on the field at Wrigley, it's going to be a wild scene tonight. Yeah, and, and JVT, just so you know, he flew from Phoenix to Chicago with Ni- Niles Lofgren, the, the guitar player of the E Street Band. So I bet he's got really good tips on that one, too. So he's got to have more information. Well, real quick, let's keep this vibe going. Did, Michael, did I were you hanging out with Chris Maddog Russo the other day? What was this video I saw you put I up? did, yeah. yeah? We, were, we were at the uh, uh, Chris Maddog Russo. I forget the name. The A Bar or something like that. It was in a town called Lake Como, which is really Belmar in New Jersey, about an hour north of me. So he was hosting a little bit of an outdoor. His show was outdoors. It was great. It was fun to have it. You know, he was telling me about his. He visited Springsteen when they played in Boston. They went up there. So he owes me a Springsteen ticket. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, all right, Harry, before we get you out of here, I know that you've also got something going on. Is it a baseball parlay tied into something else? Oh, no. Another parlay. Yeah. Harry the parlay. <laughs> Another parlay. Listen, I know, I know. But listen, plus plus 101, this two-team parlay pace, cross-sport parlay. Let's take the Braves first over Pittsburgh. The, the Pirate starter, Quinn Priester, ERA almost nine. And Max Freed, his second start since May. He went six innings against the Cubs on the 4th of August, gave up three hits, no runs. Braves, first part of the parlay. And let's do it. Who else is giving out tennis today? I'm giving out tennis. Canadian Open in Toronto, Battle of the Italians. Yannick Sinner against Matteo Berrettini. I'm going to take Sinner, who's younger and better on the hard court. He's got six career titles on hard court, where Berrettini has zero. Give me Sinner, minus 200, and Braves, minus 285, just to get the win. Plus 101, that two-team parlay page. Follow him on Twitter, or now known as Z. Love it, Harry. Henry. Uh, good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks, Harry. It. Appreciate it. I, I expect to hear oh. from you tonight, Harry. Absolutely, Mike. I'll send you videos. And listen, Michael, have a great time when you see him in Philly, too. Uh, next Friday night, a week from Friday, I'll Beautiful. be there. Harry Gagnon, host of Against All Odds podcast. We're with us here. All right, Michael, uh, that does it for us. I actually, great I don't know show. if you care. JBT, but, uh, great to have you. I found a live stream great. of the Team Canada and Germany friendly, so I'll be watching some basketball once we're all done here. This is going to be great. Uh, but it was fun, man. Yes, we have it. We didn't. We did a whole show. We didn't even talk about the greatest player in the history of basketball, Joel Embiid. We didn't talk about him. Hey. I can't believe it. And Ben Simmons. Do you know Ben Simmons is having the greatest summer of any human being could have? <laughs> did you know that? Uh, well, outside of Steph Curry, who was singing on stage with Paramore the other day, yes, I would agree with that. Uh, also, really quick, it's a big summer next year guess what Joel Embiid has not declared a team to play for in the national you know in terms of the Olympics could declare for team USA so we could get the big guy all right Michael good talking to you man it was You're awesome the best, Lombardi Thank line you. of course we'll be back tomorrow I won't be follow him on Twitter at M Lombardi NFL and stick here uh, for best bets coming up next I'm so excited to tell you JC Penny and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? 
a free flight, a room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter.